welcome, welcome to another episode of Africans Talk Football. How's everybody feeling tonight? Good. Yeah, this is uh this is something special that we got here tonight. This is actually a little midweek quick episode that we have. We know we're running into an international break here. Um, so not a lot of you know talk as far as Premier League and the leagues around you know the world in the US, but we do have some uh we, we do have some stuff to talk about the leagues in the US here. Uh, without further ado, I just want to say thank you again to everybody who tunes in weekly, to everybody who comments on the IG posts, watch the YouTube videos, the little snippets that we have, comment, share, like, post us on their stories. Uh, we do see a whole bunch of people that are also shouting us out on the stories, which is awesome. So thank you for that as well. Like I say every week, tell a friend to tell a friend. I mean, it's a whole bunch of soccer fans. The World Cup is coming up next year, so I know people are going to want to hear you know, the teams to watch internationally and just throughout the year as well. So feel free to, you know, promote us as much as you like. But today we have a special guest with us. Usually it's just the four of us, you know, but for the midweek episode, we had to, we had to do a little something special, a little something special for the fans, especially here in Ohio. Uh, as you know, all of us, Salam, Gabriel, Mike and I live in, you know, various cities in Ohio. Gabriel and I coming from Cleveland. Salam down in Cincinnati, and then Mike here in Columbus, where we all are today. Without further ado, let me give it over to the hometown man. Let me pass it over to Mike so he could uh, he could start us off here today. Thank you, thank you once again, Habuba. I appreciate it, man. We thank you for uh, taking the time out of your day to you know join us here on this uh, special episode. Uh, so this is uh, African Stock Football. We actually started during the pandemic. And it was just like one of those things we were just talking about soccer. And we kind of like, we would literally just stay on Zoom and just talk about soccer. And we were like, why not? You know, we have interesting conversations on here. Let's turn it into a podcast. And uh, 13 episodes deep. This will be special episode 14. So thank you once again, man, for coming on. We really appreciate it. Um, Facts, facts. So... For those of us that don't know Booba very well, uh, you went to high school, Westerville Central, correct? Nah, I went to Westerville North. Westerville North. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Westerville North. Yeah. Jeez, yeah, get it right, boy. Get it right. They probably rivals. <laughs> the rivalry. The rivalry. Oh, my God. The rivalry there. But yeah, yeah. You went to, <laughs> you went to Westerville North, I believe. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. Um. And then, if I'm not mistaken, you went through the uh, youth, uh, the youth academy at the Columbus Crew. That's right. Okay, so now you're a pro. Mm -hmm. um, I believe was it is it three years now or two years? Uh, I just finished my third year. Going into third year. Okay, so after year three, how do you feel? How do you feel about being a pro? Give us a little bit into what it is, what life is like being an MLS soccer uh, professional player. I mean, it's better than most of the jobs, I'll tell you that. I mean, <laughs> I travel just to play soccer every day. So it's pretty dope, you know what I mean? Like you said, yeah, you're three in. Again, it's just like any other job. You you keep learning. You learn every every year. You learn something new about the game. So third year, again, coming out, of, especially with the COVID last year, we didn't have much like much going on last year. This year's been it's been a lot different having fans back with COVID, having to do COVID tests every other day, all of that. It's been it's been different playing soccer year three with COVID and everything. 
But again, we can't complain. Our job is better than a lot, a lot of people's job, and that's a lot of people's dream job. So, so um, you talk about like just you know going through the pandemic and then playing in atmospheres where there's really no crowd. So like now, kind of like everything is kind of back to normal for the most part. How do you mentally and physically prepare, especially like on away games when you know that like there's a crowd there, there's an atmosphere that you have to kind of play through as well too? Yeah, it's totally different because again, last year on away games versus a home game, there was no difference. Because again, it was just behind, um, behind closed door. Whereas like this year, like you say, you go going back on the road after getting used to the whole system of last year where you're just playing behind closed door or like this year you go back, you have fans now. And again, they're pushing their team. They People don't understand where it's like players get like feed off the energy of like the crowd type of thing. You know what I mean? Whereas like when you play an away, away game, there's there's times where like everybody's tired. And I snatched you like the way team start hearing like their people like cheering for them. Like they get that little push of energy. And whereas like now you gotta like mentally be locked in for that. Cause like now you know like they try to give their all just to, like to get the point out of the game or just to like go for all three points. So like mentally just like being able to tune in as soon as you see like the crowd start like to feed their team like that little energy. It just mentally being able like to, to tune in. Um, I look you want to take it back, man. Like because I know you're from you're from West Africa. I'm um, my fellow West African. You feel me? Um, yeah. I'm, my uh, family from Liberia, so you know from Guinea. You know, so I kind of want to take it back because I have friends from Guinea as well. So you came over here when you were ten, right? Yeah, I came over when I was ten. Yeah. So like you know, kind of for you, like my my oldest brother came over and he was eight. So I just want to kind of talk about, like, you know, like, how was that transition, you know, from, you know, West Africa, Guinea, you know, eating fufu, you know, all that good peanut, and then, like, kind of, you know, coming back and, and, and kind of just moving to America. How was that transition for you? I mean, it, it, it was a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff that I had to get used to, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, the biggest thing is, like, when I got here, I guess I was blessed to be around kids that are also moving to America type of thing. Whereas Michael, you know, Oak, for example, whereas like we've been best friends for since we met when I was 11, 12. It was more of like being around somebody that's going through the same things you're going through. You guys are able to like talk about certain things that you're facing. Because we, at first we were going to different schools. Whereas like you come in, you come here again, you have to get used to like the language, the um, mm -hmm. like there are certain behaviors that like you find normal, like they'll find weird type of thing. So there was a lot of things we had to um, we had to fight and get through. But again, it's life, man. That's life. <laughs> so so when did you feel like, you know, because you went to college for a year. So when did you feel like you probably felt like you know, like you you felt a little bit more comfortable in America? Like was it like high school? Was it was it college? I I probably say like I probably say my first year as a professional, to be honest, because mm. I've always had like the whole. The whole thing was like when I'm in the room, you'd be able to tell like I'm I'm African because I've seen a lot. <laughs> <Yeah. of people. laughs> nah, because like growing up, like where like I, when I moved here, I've seen a lot of kids. When I went to school, they were Africans, but like the whole stigma of like being African, like there was something wrong with being African type of thing. Whereas like you had kids try to act like hide their accents, or when they come to school, like they don't want that like their clothes to be smelled like their house and stuff. 
So like, man, like that type of thing, like I never care about that type of thing, you know what I mean? If, yeah. if I'm gonna eat my mom's food before I go to school, like I can care less. Like I think my first year, like I started being more like accepting of that type of thing. Whereas like on social media type of thing, like everybody talking about, you have a voice, you have a voice, like I'll post whatever I want to post. It's my, it's my thing. <laughs> I'll do whatever I want to do. You cannot, you cannot judge me based off whatever I'm doing. That's perfect. Cause that, that, that kind of like transitions right into my first question. So I kind of wanted to ask about transitions, but for me more so on the playing side, like when yeah. did you feel that transition? Cause you, like you said before you were in the crew Academy, um, so you you knew what it took to get to that pro level, but when did you feel that you knew that you could be a pro, and how was that transition from you know the academy to the pro level? Uh, when I was in the academy, it was more of like my first year. I was like learning the game because it's like a, it's different from um, club soccer, whereas like you have these kids, they're a little more advanced than us players that were in the, uh, on club soccer. When I got there the first year, I, I spent the whole year basically like learning like the pace of the game, like the way they play, the structure of everything, the system and everything. Year two, year two into a year three, like I started like really like growing into it, like growing into a starter. And after that, like I started like being a standout player in like the, um, the academy level. So the first team, I started getting called, called up to the first team. And that took me to a first in preseason, which was like two weeks away from home just being with the first team guys. It was more of like, at first, obviously, you know the difference. The first team players, the academy players, you're happy to be there. Like, <laughs> you see these guys on TV every day and out there now you fax. everything, you know what I mean? But it was after preseason, and after, after preseason, you come back to academy level. It's like, oh, you can see like a major difference now. Whereas like now, being with them for just two weeks, it gives you a little advantage, like, than the other kids on the academy. So they started calling us the first team training after we got back, because it's like, now nah, it was more like, oh, it's easy for like for us to be like with the first, like the academy guys after being with the first team guys for so long. So we started training with them. Like my last year of high school, I went to like class for like one period in a day. I would go first period, leave class, go to first team training. After first team training, I still had like two, three classes left, but I would come because <laughs> it was more of like, I was basically like a first team player type of thing. And it was like, oh, like I don't even have to be in school no more. But again, I still graduated. So it is what it is. So then you probably started the academy around what, like 14, 15? Yeah, 15. And, and, I, and you were getting called up around 17, 18. Yeah, yeah, seven, 17, 17, 18. I spent those years there. And after that, they wanted like see me away from like my comfort zone. So they wanted me to go to college. So when I went to college, that was when I first realized I was like, oh, like I think I'm ready for first, like the professional level. Cause when I got there, it was more of like, everybody was talking about oh, college, like college players or like the next level compared to academy players. So I was like excited and stuff to see the challenge. My first training session, I was like, oh, no, nah, man, y'all, y'all cannot. After <laughs> 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 like a couple, couple weeks into it, I made the call. I was like, hey, like after the semester, I want to come back. I think I'm ready to go back. So it was when I got to college, like I seen 
the guys were like physically built, which is like which was okay. But like again, soccer is not about all about muscle. It's about who can play, who cannot play. So, so it's interesting. Uh, you say you know who can play, who can't play. So as a center back, uh, you know I'm sure you've come across a lot of tough assignments in the league. <laughs> so to you, who has been? You can name a few, but to you, who's the most like the toughest attacker that you've had to face? Uh, there's I've, I've gone against like a couple couple good good strikers in the league. You have Martinez with Atlanta. You have Ruiz Diaz with um, what is it called Seattle. I put against all those guys, but again, uh, I would not say this guy's the toughest, but he's the most annoying one. Cause like <laughs> you have some strikers is like after like they like they do something like they give up on a play type of thing, but you have this guy he just like he just run the whole game and is uh what is it called Burke from uh what is it called Philly? Uh, okay. Like he's he's a nonstop guy, bro. Like you like you would pass him and you think you're free, and you look up the guy's still running after you type of thing. It's like oh man. But it's good though, like in the game, like when you're playing games, like you you be talking to them as you're playing. It's like, bro, why you run so much? Like, bro, why you why you still following me? <laughs> it's uh it's still funny games. So what about so I want to talk a little bit about like your first real game as a like as a pro. Like the first game you started. Yeah. Like how 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 did you feel? Like how were your emotions? Were you thinking about how big this moment was for you or were you just ready to play? You were just happy uh, to play. No, I was just ready to play. Cause I remember uh, when I first signed, I wasn't playing, but I would, the good thing is I was with the national team with the under twenties. So I had a lot of minutes with the under twenties. We went to the under twenties workup. And after that, like I did pretty good. So coming back, I had played against some of like the best kids in Europe playing like like um first minute first 10 minute over there so when i came back it was like if i'm able to play against those guys i should be able to play against like mls players for sure so like the two weeks i had here before my first game it was more of like having confidence having confidence at all time so when it came to my first game it was more of like oh, i just <laughs> i just played in the in the world cup like two weeks ago so i'll be fine i was chill okay okay yeah Funny you talk about Europe and then you know the MLS just because you were in the under 20 World Cup. So a lot of these kids are young talents that a lot of people may not even heard of yet, but we'll probably see in the next, you know, two to three years start to blow up. What do you think the talent gap is between something like that? Like when you come back from you know a under 20 World Cup and then you have to prepare for an MLS season, like do you go into those two things the same or like like how do you prepare for those two things knowing that I mean, there again, is a little bit of a difference that's the thing is like you cannot you cannot try to like say there's a big like different level because again every player every player can shock you in like a different situation type of thing so like you try to focus on everything as like oh i just got to perform to my best of my like the best of my abilities because again, there's games like that was been one of my biggest things where like I've gone into games where like my previous game, I've had like one of my best games and going into the next game is like, oh, like this game won't be as hard as that again. And I'm there like the guys are like, they surprised me type of thing. 
and now like I'm playing reactive game instead of playing my actual game type of thing. So usually like when I'm trying to focus, like when I came back, it was more of like, if I can play at this level, I can play at this level again. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if this league is below or above it. I like I just have to maintain that consistency. That consistency, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I want to go a little bit about your favorite team in Europe. Do you have a favorite team in Europe? Chelsea. Oh. Let's go. <laughs> See, I knew I was rocking my man. This, this, this is a smart guy. I knew he was man, a smart I sh- man. I should go throw on my jersey real quick. <laughs> All right, so so when did you become a Chelsea fan? Because I always like to ask Chelsea fans this. Nah. So for me, I was so I'm I was born in '95, so I'm 26 right now. Um, <laughs> me, I always take it back. So I, I started playing club around like third, fourth grade when I was like yeah. eight or nine, and then I had a club coach called me Drognelius, and he said you play like him. I, I like are you a Chelsea fan? At that point in time, like I was a Chelsea fan, but I wasn't like that big of a Chelsea fan. He's like, no, yeah. I think if you watch Drogba and you like study how he plays, you'll score a little bit more. And that's, that's, that's how I became a fan. I was about to say, as, as an African growing up in Africa, like Drogba, Drogba was one of the biggest thing in Premier League. So you automatically became a Premier League fan, now a Chelsea fan in the Premier League. Yeah. I, I know you play a lot yourself. It was like, do you, do you watch games you know, every weekend? Are you, are you an avid FIFA player? You know, you're constantly playing and watching? You said, do I watch games and stuff? Yeah. Like uh, other, other leagues and stuff? Yeah, other leagues. Like, oh, yeah. You watch yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so usually all games are like in uh, in the evenings. So like when you wake up, that's like the first thing you do. Like you turn on the Premier League games and just watch the games, bro. It's funny you say that. What, what would you say like a like a pregame rit- ritual is for you? So you got a game, let's say Columbus at you know lower stadium, seven thirty. What's your pregame uh, like? What's your day look like from start to finish? So usually when we play at seven thirty, we gotta get there around six, six twenty. Mm-hmm. Nah, we get there at six, yeah, because we have a whole hour to like to chill. Then we have thirty minutes to warm up before the game. So usually like from, I wake up probably around like 10, 11. I eat a breakfast and after I just chill all day. And probably like <laughs> an hour before I leave, like before you play a game, like you start like the feelings start getting to you. It's like, oh, like as the game, like as you get closer to the game, like even you don't want to think about it, like your body starts like getting ready for it. Like mentally your body starts thinking about it. Like, oh, you got a game in a bit. So like usually, like I if I'm a if I'm at home by myself, like I'll probably put like some type of like highlight games, like some videos and stuff of soccer players and stuff, and like I just like watch it and stuff, and I just chill. And I usually don't eat before like I play a game because I usually like I usually feel like I'm heavy when I eat before playing. So I usually just chill most of the time, and I just watch some soccer videos before I go play. So. Who who do you who do you watch? Like as a center back, do you just watch defenders? Do you watch attackers? Or like what's your who's typically like one of your go-to guys? Nah, I usually watch defenders. I watch a lot of defenders uh, videos and stuff. Question for you. Maguire or Zuma? Zuma. Thank you. I rest my case. You could you could have compared those two there. Zuma. I mean, Thank I, you. I, 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 I lost my I'm, case. I'm 
I'm a Man United fan, Booba. And, um, you know, if you were to ask me that two weeks ago, I'd probably say Maguire confidently. But now, I mean, it's, it's up for debate. So, no, nah, that's not I'm up not, for that's I'm not, you know, the, the only reason why I won't disagree with Mike is because you're here. But <laughs> I was, I, I respect your opinion. Now, the thing is, though, people don't get it. Like, Rizuma, if he didn't have his knee, nah, the knee injury, mm-hmm. he could have he been, been big. Yeah. Absolutely. He could have been big. Okay, so you're, you, just, you just got done with year three. I, I want to know a little bit more about you guys' playoff run last season. Because mm-hmm. you, guys, you guys won the MLS Cup. You are currently the defending champions, but you no one was expecting it last year either. That's the crazy part. Yeah, I, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it. We used to talk all the time, like, there's no way they're doing this. There's no way they're doing this. And you guys did. But... Um, Tell us a little bit about like everything that went into it, like doing the whole playoff run. Like, I want to know kind of like how the mood was in the locker room. Nah, our playoff thing, I wouldn't even say the playoff. I would say like the whole season. Our thing, we clicked when we played Seattle the second game of the season. And Seattle was like uh, considered the best team. And we played them in Seattle. And we should have won the game, but they ended up getting a PK and we drew 1 1. And right after that, when we came back, it was more of like, like look around like the team we have. And if we can do this in Seattle, we should be able to do this like anywhere else in the league. So when we came home, everything came down to like our home games. Because if I remember right, we lost probably like one home game the whole year. We were pretty, we were pretty solid at home. And after that, when the whole COVID thing started, we had, we went down to the bubble for the um, tournament is back. And it was the same thing over there. We went, we lost, uh, we lost on PKs. Whereas like we went three, four games, we only considered like one goal. So it was like, we, like we looked around, everything was like, defensively, we were pretty solid. We were scoring goals and everything. We lost on PKs and that, that's a 50-50 thing. So when we came back, when the season started, it was like, oh, like we can defend. We know that for sure. So it's like, now we have to get the attack going. And when everything started clicking, we started losing a couple of games and like people started downing us. But it's like, oh, they had like a good start. They had a good run. But like now they're starting to get, like we had some injuries and the national cause and everything. And when it came down to the playoffs, we had like a, a game to win. It was like our final game on home to win, to get like a home advantage for the playoffs. And we knew we were to be like playing at home. Like, was it was it against New York? I forgot yeah. who it was last game. Okay. Of the yeah, like we knew for sure if we were to get like a home home field advantage, we had yeah. it run all the way because again we had all good at home. Yeah. yeah, we had the best home record in this uh, in the league, so we just wanted to like get the home home field advantage. Mm-hmm. And when we did going into the playoff, it was like every game we came into, it was like oh we playing a home game. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. So we already looked at it like oh. Like, I'm yeah. like, but we already looked at it like we playing at home. There is no way mm-hmm. we should lose. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. And when we when uh when we saw that we were playing the final at home too against Seattle, and we we played them during the season, and we we seen how like the matchup went. But now we're playing at home, which gives you that little more advantage, like energy type of thing. So coming into where we scored like what 15 minutes into the game, yeah. and after it was more like yeah, we playing at home. There's, there's no way we lose this home game. So, so how was it like? 
how was that bubble experience? Because I feel like you know a lot of a lot of um, a lot of uh, sports just went into bubbles. You know, the the NBA went into a bubble. Um, you know, the NCAA tried to do a bubble. So you know, how how was that bubble experience for you? Yeah, it was tough at first. You know, what I mean, like leaving home for like a whole month just to go live like in the hotel with everybody else in the league. You know what I mean? And you doing COVID tests every day. You go to training, come back from training, you're doing COVID tests, then everybody's back in their room. Even though we're eating our meals, we cannot hang out after meals and stuff. It was it was hard at first. And after that, you have we start playing games. That's when we first started playing games where like you had no crowd. You know what I mean? So it was it was tough at first. So but overall, it was one of them things that like when we lost, we lost, but like again, after that day, everybody was happy to go back home. Because again, we spent a whole month just sitting in our rooms doing nothing. Talk a little bit more about, okay, so now the game, the final game is over. Like, how are you feeling right now? Like, what are you feeling? This is your three, and you've already won the whole thing. Uh, oh, after, like, the, the MLS Cup or what? Yeah, the MLS Cup. Now, after the MLS Cup, it was more of, like, like, I didn't play, like, towards the end of the season. So, like, you already has that, I feel like, oh, I didn't do much. But again, like, whereas like all the other players like around you be like, oh, don't forget when we started the season, when we went down the bubble, the all the points we collected, like get us here and stuff. Don't forget, like you were part of all those clean sheets and stuff. So like it starts coming to us like, yeah, oh, like, yeah, yeah, I did like help the team in some way type of thing, you know what I mean? And you start looking around like guys in the locker room that's been playing for like 13, 14 season. And they're like, that was their first time like getting uh, getting the rank. And whereas like mine, it was my second year in and I've already won like won the league type of thing. So it was pretty dope. It was dope. Speaking about some veterans in the league, you know, there's another African in that locker room, Nagby. Yeah. Uh, you know, growing up from Cleveland, you know, he was one of the big Liberians everybody knew. You know, yeah. just, there's a small Liberian community in Cleveland. So everybody talks, everybody knows each other. He actually ended up, you know, playing at the, the high school that's on the west side. He yeah. grew up on the east side, me and Gabriel, and then obviously went to Akron and then the league. So what's it been like with him in the locker room? Uh just as a leader, as a player with the like Nah, he's probably he's probably player. he's probably one of the chillest guy you probably ever meet with the whole soccer thing, you know what I mean? And again, like especially with a guy with like that type of skill set. Like he's 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 pretty talented, you know what I mean? And off the field, he's just like like you said, he's African, I'm African, he's like an older brother to me type of thing, you know what I mean? And we're pretty close, so I like him. That's dope. That's yeah. So who who would you say? I mean, this could be anybody. This could be more than one person, but you know, um, obviously, you know, with it being a team sport, some guys, you know, don't get the same recognition as like other people do. So, which one of your teammates would you say is probably one of the most like underrated teammates? Ah, uh, this year I would probably say, uh, one of our six, Marlo. Harrison. Okay. Yeah, he's he's pretty underrated to me, type of thing. He's one of them players where like he's like an Golo Conte type of thing. Mm-hmm. In the midfield, he'll do all the dirty work for you, type of thing, you know what I mean? But again, since he don't score goals or assist, people, people, people sleep on that type of thing. I wanted to ask you a little bit more about, you know, the other Africans, you know, in the uh, locker room. Um playing with a guy like Jonathan Mensah, um, this guy is actually like we talk about him all the time. He's had a 
pretty, you know, lengthy career in Europe before he even moved to the MLS at a very young age. How do, how is it like playing with somebody like that who has so much experience and is playing in the MLS? Could easily be playing in Europe. What do you, how do what do you learn from him? Like what have you learned from him? Just being around him in the locker. Nah, he's one of them guys. Is like again, whereas like me being one of the youngest guy, and like he's like older brothers to me type of thing. You know what I mean? Whereas like he plays the same position that I play. I hang out with him a lot. You know what I mean? Coming into the league, whereas like I used to think, oh, slide tackling, for example, was like the best thing you can do as a center back because I used to love slide tackling. And whereas like he tells you like. He teaches you those little things where it's like, hey, if like if you read the game better, you won't even have to slide tackle. You can win the ball easily and going down type of thing. And being calm on the ball. It's like, hey, there's times like you like you don't need to kick the ball. Just keep the ball and stuff, you know what I mean? It's like again, he has that uh, European experience type of thing. And me being around someone like that and having the goals and dreams to like play in Europe type of thing, you know what I mean? It comes with that advantage of like. I'm trying to get to somewhere that he's already been to, you know, I'm trying to say. So it helps a lot. So in the MLS, I know, you know, it has a little stigma of, you know, of people come from Europe to retire here. But in the recent, you know, in the recent past, we've seen players, you know, Buzio being one of the most recent ones. We've seen players go over there, like from the MLS system and go to uh, Europe. So, like, what kind of stigma do people have about the MLS that they actually don't know because most people think the players that play in the MLS are not that good right they're all oh, they're guys that want to retire or whatnot but we've seen I mean even Zach Steffen go to the Premier League so like my question to you is like tell us something I don't know exactly what it is but like tell us something that we as the fans we usually don't see or we don't know about the MLS it could be anything, like it could be anything. It could be how much, you know, goes into the youth system. It could be how much goes into game day. It could be anything. But tell us something that we usually like look down upon the MLS that is actually way better than we think. This is yeah. a tough one. I just wanted to see what you pick. <laughs> uh, it's like playing, for example, whereas like in Europe, you see a defender type of thing. A defender has like, five minutes on the ball without being pressed type of thing. You know what I mean? Whereas like here, everything is at like a high pace type of thing. Whereas like when people coming from Europe to come to MLS, it's like they think the pace is like a slow pace. You know what I'm trying to say? That's why sometimes you see a lot of guys come from like uh, Europe when they come here, their first year or two is like they have to get adopt, like they have to adopt the system. Because it's not like, it's not as slow as people think it is. Yeah. I'm trying to say. Okay. Okay. That's that's one of the biggest thing where like people confuse it. It's like that okay. thing off oh, like slow, slow. Mm -hmm. But especially like you're talking about young guys, for example. Whereas like you have older guys coming coming here and you have younger guys try to leave here to go to Europe. Mm -hmm. So now you know like the young guy for for example is now he's not taking the thing lightly type of thing. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, okay. But okay. The older guys you think is coming from Europe. Is closer to retirement. Yeah. But like the younger guys just like starting his career. You know what I'm trying to say? So, yeah. So, now, yeah. The pace, like they set the pace for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. so when you come, you know for sure the young guys not playing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I got to ask this, you know, being a, a fellow West African. Big one. You know, That's a big all one. All about the culture. Who makes the best jello off rice? Because 
everyone claims that they make the Ghanaians, Nigerians. I mean, you're asking. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, you know, who who makes the best of a and, and be truthful, be honest, because you can't, you, you don't lie on yourself. You don't lie. So. Hey, again. My mom is said none of the above. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta go with your mom's home country. I think that's the rule. <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. I respect it. Okay, so my thing is how long do you see yourself staying in the MLS before you make a European move? My my thing with the whole thing is like like moving to Europe. Mm-hmm. It's like as a young player, like you don't want to move to Europe just to move to Europe. Like you have to, uh, the timing thing has to be right for you to move to Europe type of thing. You know what I mean? And whereas like, again, you have to have like game, like sharing, like you have to play big games here type of thing. Because it's like people think like, especially like younger guys, whereas like we think, oh, from what we see on TV, it's easy as that. Going to Europe and just like living up the life and type of thing. So if I go to Europe, it's like, at first, it was more like, oh, I want to play like this certain, like this amount of games and stuff. Whereas, like, I have and stuff, but it's like now, like, I want to be in the level where it's like, I feel yeah, like you want to know you're ready before like, you make like, that yeah, move. Yeah. I've dominated, like, I've shown like I can dominate the league here before mm-hmm. I make that move. But All again, right. one right. thing, like, that's fair. If, if I was given the chance to do it, I'm not going to say and like decline the chance because, like, I want to prove something. Absolutely. No, Absolutely. So earlier, we were talking about like the stigma of like the MLS. So as someone who went to high school here in Columbus, um, you know, went through the academy system, the youth system, and now is playing for the professional team and ultimately has won like the, you know, the championship. How have you seen like the growth of like soccer and you can speak in just Ohio and Columbus. I'm just, cause you've kind of been through, all of that, like, how has, like, the league grown in the past few years to you? I mean, you know, I feel like the league has grown a lot, with especially with the younger guys type of thing. Whereas, like, now you have teams signing more homegrown, like, homegrown players, which are, like, the players coming from the academy system. And, again, I feel like it's one of them things where, like, people just have to take more chance on, like, your younger players. You know what I mean? Because you see a lot of teams going to Europe to buy players to bring over players that are close to like retiring type of thing, and they have young younger players like now playing type of thing. Whereas like you can you can like develop the younger players and sell them to like Europe type of thing. You know what I'm trying to say? So I feel like over time, like teams are starting to like invest more in the academies for them to bring like players to the first team. So we talked a little about it a little bit earlier. You know, you talked about starting the academy, you know, young into your careers, four around 14, 15. What would you say to those players, you know, that, you know, are going to be in your shoes, you know, starting to maybe get into academy wherever they are? And what would you say to someone who thinks they're at that level to try to get to, you know, to college, to try to get the called up to the first team? What would you tell somebody who's just now hitting academy? Or just now, you know, playing soccer, but at that level to where they think they can make, take the next step? Uh, the biggest thing is, like, everybody's journey is different. Like, everybody's, like, route to first team is different. Because you have some guys that require a couple of years in college for them to be mentally, physically ready for college. 
and you have some guys in the academy that are ready for first team thing type of thing, you know what I'm trying to say? So it's just like being honest with yourself. Just because you see somebody ahead of you doesn't mean they're going to be ahead of you forever. You know what I mean? You can have someone leave academy, go straight to first team, and they, they don't play professionally. They only play for like two years, you know what I'm trying to say? And you can go to college and come and play like 10, 12 years. You know what I mean? So don't judge your don't judge yourself based off other people's like status and stuff. You know, now being a pro, you know, you kind of experiencing the life, you know, you want everything and everything like that. I just want to talk about kind of just how's your adjustment been, you know, like African, you know, coming from you know low people, kind of humble beginnings, and then now, you know, you kind of reach this level. Just for you, you know, how have you been able to just you know, stay humble through it all and just no, now you're at this point, you know, how's that transition been for you? I feel like mine is like, I still haven't even like transitioned to like the whole yeah. professional lifestyle yet. You know what I'm trying to say? Whereas like, I have money in the bank account. I'll go out, I'll be like, oh, I'm broke, I don't have money. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no need for me to go <laughs> spend my money outside when I put a home type of thing. Because I feel like that's the thing, like the biggest thing is like, in the moment people try to live like, focus so much on like having good time good time now whereas like they don't really like invest in their in their future type of thing because like my career is only like 10 12 years so whatever money i make during that time i wouldn't want to be doing any other job after playing soccer so in order for me to do that i have to be smart with my money now thanks yeah feel that well i think i think that's it i think everybody got their last questions in Bro, we appreciate you coming on again, man. Thank you once again for coming on. This was fun, man. I appreciate you. It was fun. It was fun. Thank you.